Men är hejlande Hörklån Betan, bottel och guru Och magen i bräs Som är mobartes Kraj på bilen Vädu Går in i garret I min tämnan Kraj, gör det ägde Rej Det man vill Ha bra Kaisa and welcome to Tales for Wales, a Welsh history podcast brought to you by two boozy idiots. I'm Frank and I'm joined by Jack. We've been friends for over 20 years and we both have a genuine love for Welsh history, comedy, we both, oh god, great start. We, we've been friends for about 20 years and we both have a genuine love for Welsh history and comedy. So we thought we'd try and blend the two together and put in a bloody old podcast. We're going to talk through some famous Welsh battles, events and people, whilst also having a few cans and try and shine a light on an otherwise dim-witted history. To stay up to date with everything from the pod, get around our Twitter account, tales for wales That's the number four. Uh, so without much further ado, what the bloody hell are you been up to, Kaji? Well, you know full well, mate. I've been on the piss with you in Winchester. Yeah, less than two days ago. Less than two days ago. You're lucky that I made it onto the pod, as I mentioned before. I was such a Gary Grumps the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I'm back to, you know, well, normal-ish anyway. Yeah. I didn't even get to Thursday to recover, the standard Thursday, but it's okay. Yeah. I'm back we on it. We believe so. that if you have a big Saturday night out, massive sesh, Sunday you either have a few hairs, the dogs, and you're still a bit, you know, but you're in the lull of being hungover, so you think you, don't, you can't really tell what's going on. Monday you are vile grumpy Disgrace, not worth yeah. living. tuesday it's like oh god life's relentless it will never stop wednesday you're still groggy but there seems to be hope then thursday comes and you are absolutely gagging you're like you what keen, keen people well, what's happening this saturday i'm, I'm gagging <laughs> come on it. boys get around <laughs> yeah. it so but yeah, you've, I, uh, you've you've rushed my process to you know by <laughs> yeah, two days, tuesday so. yeah bloody so, tuesday if we are both crabby and tired and worn out it's because life is awful and we're old. But I As think I mentioned, I, actually... I, I only agreed to do this because I thought there might be a, a sort of niche of our listeners. Who are like, ooh, I liked how catty they were. Ooh, I like how, uh, <laughs> how biting they were in this one. Yeah. I just, also, our dedication to history, we went to, for a massive piss up in Winchester. Not because we have any friends from Winchester or we know anyone there, but we, we forced a group of friends to go because it's where they uh, based Last Kingdom, that Netflix film about Wessex and Alfred the Great, <laughs> our love of history yeah. took us up there. <laughs> it's not even all of it. It was just the closest part of it that <laughs> <laughs> so we could be yeah. asked to travel to. Yeah. We, we, and the we, only, we, <laughs> before anyone thinks we were on some sort of history jaunt either, we, uh, we, the only historical thing we saw was the statue of King Alfred between pubs just it just happened to be on the way we didn't go and like absorb ourselves in the history of winchester <laughs> no. the, the, the previous capital of england you know we just went pub pub little spot over at king alfred back to the real pub. happy coincidence as well we were like oh what's the next pub oh look that giant statue of a bloke oh it's alfred yeah. hello alfred everyone was there for a hat fest anyway god knows what the hell that was but we, <laughs> there, we saw a lot of hats. hat festival which was sounded awful and looked it Luckily, and they yeah, happened to do it just at the same time we were visiting Winchester. So <laughs> we were in the, one of these lovely pubs and everyone was wearing these weird hats and we just think, what the fuck was going on? And oh, someone really? mentioned Hat Fest. We were like, of course, Hat Fest. How could we forget? <laughs> I've only just realised now that that's why they were wearing them. I just thought they were dicks. <laughs> they yeah, just saw a bunch they? of dickheads. Yeah, it's just like dish cunts. <laughs> Alfred be tin is great. You can see <laughs> no, what becoming this great that. city. He absolutely loves that. Sorry, <laughs> it's a familiar sound on the pod. 
But lads, I'm having a San Miguel, a San Michael's, St. Michael. No, I call it a San Michael's, that's a bit better. Uh, Tell Mm. everyone everyone what you're drinking. Don't out me like that. Do not fucking push me out the closet. (laughs) The Malibu closet. Yes, all right, everyone. I'm on Malibu and Cokes, all right? Me... (laughs) And my missus, which we're about to move house, so we're getting rid of the uh, the booze cupboard, okay? And there's a lot of dregs in there. The rum, that was gone within, you know, a couple of days. That was my go-to. You did not survive the night. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now it's on it's on the on the Malibu. But it's Tell just piss water. Gone through. Oh, um, I did. I finished off a almost done bottle of Bailey's the other day. <laughs> that was grim. It's been very hot lately. <laughs> that was, that wasn't great. Bailey's. Oh, uh, thing is i'd had i'd had the, i think the last of the white wine before it so <laughs> you're like a mad, was, oh, mad drunk I, earl that was horrible in the belly because like <laughs> it was only i think there's only one portion of uh the, it wasn't even bailey's it was um like knockoff Lock brand off, irish yeah. liqueur irish cream yeah. liqueur so that with the white wine did make my tummy rumble a, a little <laughs> bit to be fair uh but thankfully that that phase is is past me now it's just onto the malibu and there's like three bottles left so uh, and you've got to have them double three strength bottles of malibu why, why have you got yeah. such a surplus well, of malibu amy kept buying them because she drinks the malibu on occasion but she'd be like oh i fancy some malibu forgetting that she had a bottle in the back of the cupboard yeah. somewhere so now i'm really reaching in there like a fucking goblin going what's left what's left of the booze then and now it's I, yeah, malibu i bought emma a cake uh what's it called um, what's that like? What, not a Tia Maria. What's that like? Really thick one called? Yeah, Tia Maria is like a thick one, isn't it? it is tea, I think. Isn't it? What's a no? No, it's Bailey's. I bought a, a birthday cake flavored Bailey's. Birthday cake flavored Bailey's. Yeah, what will they think of next? <laughs> well, just not that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's asking for it. <laughs> no, the market's not big enough. Uh, <laughs> there's a difference between people who like to have a nice drink and people like us who like to get drunk because you can't get drunk yeah. on on a, on a cake booze. Cakey booze, no, mm. too much. It, I don't know how we get drunk on Bailey's anyway. It's a disgusting drink. It's <laughs> what do you mix it with? I just straighten it. Just naked. Uh, I just add it straight with some ice. Yeah, mm. I've had it before at Christmas with like some hot cocoa because obviously <laughs> that's the festive spirit. <laughs> this is but, a low um, ebb for our preamble. Chat, I know. I'm all yeah. for it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we started off on the history theme somewhat with Alfred, yeah. and now we're on about now he'd be chin in his grave. Good God. <laughs> Yeah, we're tired. Let us have this. Yeah, I'm actually this is really what happens when you. This is what happens when you get us before Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. This shit. <laughs> I was. Um, I was also. I. I'm really hot. like. I'm roasting. I think it's just from we haven't podcasted, podded in a while. It's quite a hot setup, and it's roasting at the moment. It's quite sexy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking. Oh, yeah. our... Sorry, does that not what you meant? No. Uh, no. <laughs> but all of our <laughs> um, cultural touchstones, because we film record these like sporadically. And uh, we've been we've kind of figured out how to set up this like bootleg podcast operation, like two absolute like chances. But um, it's funny. <laughs> so what we're going to do? We're going to record ten that we're happy with, then release them. But like we said, we've been doing this on and off for maybe two, maybe four months, five months, six months, maybe six months, something like that. By it? the yeah. end, it'll probably be six months. But it'd be really funny to listen back when they're finally uploaded for like cultural points references. We'll be like. When <laughs> we talk about Prince Andrew saying he can't swear, then like tonight, where she's seen yeah. that design in, and then well, we've SpaceX done a few now. Weird. We've done a few now, and like uh, I've I've listened back to them because obviously when we edit them, we always listen back to them to make sure they're up to, up to snuff or whatever. Yeah. And there's been a few references that are already like outdated, and I'm talking <laughs> yeah. like that's only a couple of weeks after. Yeah. Meatloaf's died. I remember we made a big deal oh, of Meatloaf yeah. died. 
<laughs> and the thing is, what I was really annoyed about that is that was one of my jokes. And I thought it was a pretty good joke at the time. Now it's just, cause it's not, it's me lost God. in the annals of time. People are going to what's he on about. It's a good thing that we are making a history podcast because all of our references are instantly out of date. They're all, we're actually chronicling history ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm also totally um, intentional. I'm going to try and stick close to the mic, but I am moving back and forth because last night at five aside, um, I shouldered into some svelte young lad. And the only way I can stop people at this age now is just to brute force them. And I really <laughs> smashed the battering into him. ram, they call it. <laughs> well, <them. laughs> I'm a bit of a battering ram down there. And I bashed into him, and my uh, fist went straight into my ribs, and I kind of I punched myself. I think I would like really damage my rib. I thought, oh, I might have to go to A&E here, but you can't do much with a broken God, bone. You hurt yourself in the confusion. <laughs> well, I, I ran in, I shoulder barged it. My fist was like next to my ribs, and it really hurt my wrist. And then I punched myself in the ribs. So I wince quite a lot at the moment. And I feel like it's it, it fr- some fists are deadly weapons as well. You yeah, yeah, need a license. You were under friendly fire, mate. <laughs> yeah, I knew that's how I'd go out. <laughs> only I could take yeah. myself out. Can't be. <laughs> the only man strong enough to kill me is myself. <laughs> yeah. The only man could step to a king. <laughs> What's a king to a Franks? <laughs> right. Should we uh, get on with this bastard episode? Go on. And when you tell the audience <laughs> what, what we're talking also, about today. We, we like to save our anecdotes um, to fill out the start of the episode. But I had one anecdote, but we're recording these back-to-back again tonight, and I have nothing on the next episode, so I'm just going to move my anecdote down one second on my Word document. Fair enough. That's a look behind the magician's cloth, in it? Yeah, the look behind the curtain. The wizard isn't real. <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be taking the lion's share of the background for this week so let me just get to the top of my notes yeah full right. disclosure i've got fuck all notes for this mate so i'm just <laughs> gonna go in Ooh, really oh, that's interesting mm. <laughs> so this one's a little bit different to our normal ones um, nothing to do with the fact that we've really run out of history but um but this year is the welsh involvement of <laughs> the, the, Battle of the wells run drier right just <laughs> yeah. except that 10 episodes in <laughs> we're out lord <laughs> <laughs> the concept's gone. <laughs> We're on to the metaphorical uh, Baileys ourselves right now. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, you'll probably tell from the title of the episode, this is the Welsh involvement at, at the Battle of Falkirk. So this battle is most famous for being portrayed in the film Braveheart. It's in the final battle where Edward I, a.k.a. Longshanks, turns up to face Wallace. Oh, my God, my ribs are fucking killing me. <laughs> it's really is. No um, no game, baby. Yeah, Sam Miguel, get down me, Sam Michaels. Mm. Sorry. Oh, that was a good so, couple of gulps then. Yeah, it was cool. Did you hear that? Gluck, gluck. So I'll pray to you, my lord. <laughs> right. um, so it took place on the 22nd of July, 1298, and there was a major battle in the First War of Scottish Independence. In previous episodes, we discussed how much of a bastard Longshanks was and how vicious he could be. The trouble with Scotland is that it's full of Scots. <laughs> Perhaps the time has come to reinstitute an old custom. Grant them prima nocte. First night, when any common girl inhabiting their lands is married, our nobles shall have sexual rights to her on the night of her wedding. If we can't get them out, we'll bleed them out. But also for his love of admin. Do you remember we mentioned like he spent much of his reign reforming royal admi- uh, administration and common law? 
Oh yeah, he was like the hardest boffin that ever lived, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, um, he was also trying to be assassinated, and he when he was in like Jerusalem or somewhere, and he woke up and caught the man trying to. I mean, he's called Longshanks because he was like over six foot. So the guy tried to stab him. He caught the assassin, turned the knife on the guy, and just killed him. But he also got hit, and the blade had poison on it, so he's quite sickly for a while. Anyway, um, that's a that's a little aside. Oh. His admin prowess is seen again during this campaign because in 1297 he actually moved the centre of government to York where it was to, oh. Yeah, oh god, oh you bastard, you got me on the <laughs> to scene in fucking <laughs> For the listener, Jack's, uh, Jack's <sighs> wearing the nerdiest little <laughs> headphones and mic for this pod recording. I fucking he knew you the... had me as well. I could, <laughs> have t- have... I could tell by your bloody face. <laughs> he wouldn't have the microphone. He wouldn't have the camera on, so I can't see him because he looks like such a little boffin. And I said, I'll go on just for a second. <laughs> he turned it on for us, like probably 10 seconds. And I quickly got a screenshot. And then he went, and then I said, oh, you turned it off. He went, yeah, because you'll probably get a screenshot or something. Lo and behold. No, <laughs> you played your cards to too early. Now I've seen it. I've, I've really <laughs> revealed what a snake you are. <laughs> you always um, knew what I was. Subscribe to the Patreon and we'll maybe share it with you, eh? <laughs> yeah, Patreon <that> doesn't <laughs> and will never exist. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so his admin prowess, um, as we were saying, he was renowned for reforming the royal administration common law, and now he'd actually moved the entire centre of government to York, um, where it was to remain for the next six years. And he moved it to York so he could focus his war on his war with the Scots, but he could also dabble in his love of governmental admin. So, well, this episode isn't going to focus a lot on the background of the Scottish and English elements, um, because I don't want to be stepping on any lads or lasses from Scotland who have their own Celtic history podcast. And I assume like this is one of their biggest episodes, so I'll be brief on the background info. Well, we look but... after each other in the community, don't we? We don't uh, backstab like that. <laughs> yeah. Tales of Scotland, you're a bastard. Yeah. Um, Once we so... run out of Welsh stuff, trust me, we'll be coming for you. But until then, <laughs> you're safe. I think you'll find that that's our history laddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll expand to Celtic, then it'll just yeah. be, you know, people on British <laughs> soil, and then it'll be everyone else. Yeah. Aren't we all Welsh really deep down? Um, we're all God's children, so equal I am right, do equal a, claim. <laughs> yeah, but, was that some kind of like pro-Israel thing then? No idea. A, maybe sounded <laughs> like maybe I've just you know when you just absorb things from like yeah. the uh, the media. Maybe I've got that. <laughs> okay, so this battle. I'm going to do a little bit of background info, but not a huge amount. Um, so this battle comes after Wallace defied the odds and massively beat the English at the Battle of Stirling Bridge a year earlier in 1297. So after months of uh, Wallace leading his Scottish army south, raiding and attacking from Newcastle to Carlisle and returning with the spoils, Longchamps had been had finally built a giant army to once and for all quash the Scottish nuisance. So the numbers in this are wild. Um, the numbers stack up to something like 6,000 Scots versus 1,500. Sorry, I'm bad. I learned numbers in Welsh, so I'm really bad at saying them in English. <laughs> um, so 6,000 Scots versus 15,000 uh, under the commander Longshanks. So that's like, but what, yeah, three times the mega size. Mega numbers. Yeah, and these numbers are correlated. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, it ranges between this and this. This year yeah. is pretty much, they're, they're really confident that these were the numbers. So big, they had to write them down to remember. <laughs> yeah, that's loads. You've got loads <laughs> yeah. of you. Um, the force for the English counted up as like 2,000 armoured cavalry. Um, Fuck it, now. That is yeah, lot. and then, then it's around 2,000 infantry. And then 10,900 Welshmen. So, this is archers. I'm guessing. Involved. Yeah, you guessed it. Oh, oh you, that you would know be, your history. <laughs> that would be absolutely brutal. Yeah. So, I'm glad you don't know too much about this because I found it fucking well fascinating. I say this is exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. So Edward spent time trying to find. So a lot of the time now, so like I said, he built up this giant army. He'd been doing it for a while. He set up his whole camp, his whole government in North of Scotland, and he was really ready now to fucking become the hammer of the Scots that he's known for. So um, he spent time then. What happened when he finally got there? Um, uh, Wallace had won that giant battle of Stirling, but between that, then he was just going from like um, small holdings and, and castles around Scotland, quickly attacking them and running away like real guerrilla style hit and runs. So when this giant army arrived, it couldn't find Wallace for ages. Mm. And um, it kept being attacked by guerrilla style hit and runs by the Scots. So they're losing a few men. They had their food supplies cut off. And during this, Edward actually had to quash a Welsh mutiny. So the Welsh actually revolted at one point. And I'll talk a bit later about why they were there. But um, because it's, I was trying to think, well, why would they? Because previously to this campaign against the Scots, uh, Longchamps had invaded Wales and conquered it. It was the first time Wales had been Yeah, conquered. that was the. Um... The sort of our final sort of uprising, really, wasn't it? Is the uh, yeah, was it called the, the until... Edwardian something, Edwardian expedition into Wales or something? It's called. Yeah, it lasted quite a few years, but then well, eventually led to, uh, ended with us with us losing basically, didn't it? Well, Edward's father started against Llewellyn in Llewellyn, and Llewellyn repelled him. Edward tried in his early years and repelled him, and then this is when Llewellyn died at Ardwen Bridge after Edward had come in with a full scale, the similar size army to which he'd come mastered to attack. Uh, Scotland. That's right. Yeah. So he, he, and also by that time, Llewellyn was really old. So we do have another chance for rebellion when Lindwood comes back. But yeah, Edward really did. He was a tough old boot. Uh, tough cookie. Anyway, so he was looking around for the Scots, uh, for the Scots, and they kept running away doing the British tactics. And uh, Edward looked like he was going to be losing his army he'd built for so long. And it was looking like Edward was going to have to turn tail and march back to Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh. Um, because <laughs> That's actually Wallace... historically uh, accurate way of saying <laughs> Edinburgh. it. Edinburgh. Yeah, um, because Wallace kept giving the English a slip and it was really exhausting. Like, it was a whole t- tactic. He'd make them chase them for ages and then because they knew the area, they'd escape. And trying to make, move an army that size was really hard. But this was up until... So they were bound to retreat and go back home until um, he'd received word that the Scots were toward near Falkirk, ready to continue the guerrilla-style attacks um, as the English were set to march back. When Longchamps figured this out, when the Scots were going to try and pick them off a little bit at a time, he apparently said, I would not trouble them to seek me, implying that he really was as camp and as sassy as Patrick McGugan's portrayal of him in Braveheart. Uh, that's I just, shall not uh, trouble I them always... to seek me. <laughs> I always wished he was like that in real life because that is yeah. by far one of the fav- my favourite bits of Braveheart is his performance. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Or so fabulous, been, you might say. Yeah. So he, he when he knew where they were, he was like, right, we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to let them come and we're going to wait. Um, so the battle itself, and um, that's kind of the background for it. Is there anything you want to say right now? Feel free to interject. If not, uh, I, I have nothing, mate. I'm just a, I'm, a, I'm as good as a listener at this point. <laughs> I'm a vessel. Um, so the Scottish, so I'll go to the battle itself. The Scots had lined up uh, with Calendar Woods behind them, and the Scots uh, copied the same formation they'd done at Stirling Bridge, which was to form these giant, great shiltrons, shiltrons, which essentially is a big circle made of really long spears, uh, aka we'll make great peaks, which is that We've, um, quote from the film. Bit of history of uh, of that in Wales as well during the rebellions, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So, but what we tend to do is these shiltrons are were specific from this Scottish point of view because they had massive pikes, not just uh, spears. So in Twice Wales, as long as a man. Spears. Twice as long said. as any man. How long's a man? <laughs> Your mother's been telling tales about me. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> this is really i got to watch that film again soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
not all men are built the same. Your mother's been telling <laughs> sonnies again, has she? Um, sorry, when I just quote in Brave, I knew this would happen. <laughs> it's taken us, what, eight this? episodes, but we got, we did it, finally. <laughs> who is this man who speaks to me as if I needed his advice? <laughs> um, make spears. Hundreds of them. Long spears, twice as long as a man. Not long. Some men are longer than others. Your mother been telling you stories about me again, eh? <laughs> <laughs> So the differences between the Welsh and the, uh, the Scottish Chiltrons um, is that they point out at different heights. So with the Welsh, they had similar size uh, spears. With the Scottish, it was this giant, formidable, spiky hedgehog shape um, where you'd have short spears in the, the front, long in the middle, like all variants. So it was just a big ball of spikes. I'm assuming um, that's to deter... The cavalry, because well, they wouldn't be able to smash through, is that right? It's exactly it. So this made the English cavalry redundant during the Battle of Stirling Bridge. The cavalry would either charge in and get completely speared, or they'd charge in, realise that they could, couldn't penetrate and return. But in doing so, they'd sometimes crush each other, or in other instances, they'd crush their own infantry, because they'd get really close, uh, realise right. it was impenetrable, and it caused the Stirling Bridge, despite the fact they were massively outnumbered, the Scots won that because of these children's. Oh, I'm going to have to start picking up a uh, Scottish history podcast or something. This is fascinating. <laughs> well, the Scots then, amazingly on top of this, so different to all the Welsh ones, the Scots also placed their archers in these shiltrons. So they had this giant circle and you'd have these big spikes and in between them you'd have these uh, archers. So if the horses did get close, they could protect the, 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 the um, they could protect the pikemen, but the pikemen could also protect the archers. And if the, if the horses decided to come close enough, but not to attack, the infant, the archers could still fire off arrows and still kill them. Ah, uh, that's class. So the archers were like sort of in the, in the center behind all the, yeah. the armor you know, the and the splits. shields and they just send little volleys and stuff. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like a mass of arrows at once. It'd be like, okay, you fight. And it's all firing at will style stuff. Mm. Um, where they were just, you know, like you have those slits in castle walls. It, where you oh, yeah, them. yeah. So during this battle, it had the Scots lined up for these children in a line. Uh, they also had 500 mounted knights. And what happens is they don't start off in the children. Um, they, they line up like they would in like uh, troop, what they're called, uh, like battalions. So you have like four battalions. Then all of a sudden you turn into your children. So the, the enemy don't quite oh, know okay. what they're up against. Yeah. Um, but so they had the horses. So they start in a different formation, is it? And then sort yeah. of like huddle into this yeah, children. Yeah, together yeah. really quickly. Yeah, but they knew in the Battle of Stirling, uh, they were led by Moray. You remember him from the film? Uh, Andrew oh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he also, so he was in charge of them in the Battle of Stirling. He was in charge of the Shilterans, but he was mortally wounded in that battle. But he let, made it, made it really succinct. Like, it instantly, you know, in the film, they go, hold, hold, and then they run yeah. in. It's similar to that, but not as kind of dramatic. They, they're aware that they'll turn into Yeah, in the film, I remember they're like sort of in just one big Last line, and one yeah. big row, but they would actually in be this, in the little Shilterans. Yeah, they disperse into four. Uh, so ones, but every man has his place and they're specifically built that you have people at different areas so you wouldn't have a guy with a short spear at the back so what could he do reminds me of bloody like um uh 300 with the uh the phalanx oh yeah yeah well it must be where they get well i'm not sure who who's copying who there but um it's it, it is a really it was a, a very not often used and very really effective mm. uh formation so like I said, then the Scots had lined up these four shilterns. They also had 500 mounted knights behind them, which was people like Wallace and all of the other uh, Scottish Big time boys, nobles. yeah. yeah. Um, 
and in the last battle they were outnumbered, but due to these impenetrable spiky mounds of hard bastard Scottish blokes, it like, reduced the advantage of the English in their terms of numbers massively. Like, their soldiers just crashed upon these children like tides on rocks. So even well, they yeah, outnumbered. if they could put a stopper to the heavy horse, then your, your infantry yeah. is just fucked and there's no point in even sending yeah. them. Forward. And then when the infantry do try and come in, they're getting fucking peppered by these mm. arrows that are in there. So even though the English had this huge number advantage, like I said, 6,000 Scots versus 15,000, uh, it still looked like the Scottish stood a chance. So now how the English lined up, um, they had all their archers facing directly towards this parallel line of children. So if you can picture like a piece of A4, on the one side you have these four circles, and then you have the archers in front of them and the horses behind, and then the English have all their archers. There's, you know, I think there's like 10,000 of them. Mm. Um, I say 10,000, part of those Welsh soldiers were also infantry, but a massive majority were Welsh archers. Okay, yeah. Um, you have all these archers and facing these shieldrons, and then with two units of cavalry either side of the archers, there's four units of cavalry defending the okay, archers. Okay, so like on the they, flanks, the, the cavalry exactly. sort of position. Yeah, yeah. like the, the horns of the bull formation on the flanks on the side. Uh-huh. Um, plus then there were units of spearmen plugging the gaps for the English. Now the battle started, and the Scottish knights charged at the English, ready to kind of, they charged at the English horses, because um, they saw one side only had two on them. But even then, even though there was only two units of horses, they were massively outnumbered and overrun mm. really quickly. So pretty much instantly, the Scottish nobles routed. Then there was the Scottish archers, who were in, some of the Scottish archers, who were in front of these uh, shieldrons, ready to fire. They probably got off a couple, but they were quickly overrun by the rest of the cavalry and absolutely decimated, nearly in none of that. Yeah. Uh, and there's also no Scottish cavalry to defend them. So usually in those instances, whenever they get charged, you send in your cavalry to defend them. So really, it was just these four giant hedgehogs left standing really quickly. Like the English had uh, taken off lots and lots of the, the yeah, all the supporting the units had been sort yeah. of routed or or battered. Yeah. So Edward sent the knights to charge at them, uh, but just as happened at the Battle of Stirling, they made no dent whatsoever, and they lost 111 knights within minutes. And these are the expensive good knights, you know. Bloody hell! Yeah. So Edward pulled back, and then he sent in the Welsh archers. Um. And we mentioned this a billion times about the effectiveness of the Welsh longbow, and you see it like you won't see it anywhere more effective than during this battle. Um, the Scottish archers who were left in the Shieldrons used much smaller, far less powerful bows, whereas the Welsh used longbows standing at six feet long, meaning they could fire from a huge distance away with devastating effect. So I was all the English say the archers back, in the Shieldrons presumably were yeah, to dispatch yeah. relatively close quarters threats when they sort of, you know, Definitely. on the cusp of charging and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it would make sense yeah. they wouldn't be equipped with these big longbows. I don't know what, no. the, what was the situation at the time with longbows. Obviously, um, Welsh archers have been incorporated into the English army, but I imagine not many people were as trained as the no, Welsh at this that's point. That's why they were, it's why, so they, they sometimes called Welsh longbows, if it's not Welsh people that use them, but these were Welsh people using Welsh longbows who nearly everyone in Wales who was fighting was brought up using them. Um, because all of the wood, it was just. I think we've mentioned this in other podcasts. We, we do a specific one about the Welsh longbow, so I won't go over it. But yeah, the Welsh were the best. The, the best, best. The bees knees with it when they yeah. had the time. Yeah, uh, and like you said, the Scottish archers, like nearly all archers before the Welsh longbow, weren't couldn't travel massively far and wouldn't be able to uh, have a shooting off with the longbow by any chance. So to make matters worse as well. The Scottish were quite poorly armoured, um, but that never mattered before because the knights never got close enough to hurt them because their yeah. spears were just so impenetrable. I was just thinking another another bad thing to be if you're going against longbows, isn't it? Because they can just they can crack through plate armour. Yes. They can, yeah. 
all sorts. When you got your skirt on, you, you, when you got your uh, yeah. kilt on. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to wish you had something protecting your bollocks when those are <laughs> yeah. coming through. Yeah. So, to, yeah, like I said, to make matters worse, they were poorly armoured. And it, that never really mattered before because the English never used Welsh archers. Um, so now these arrows had started raining down and piercing through to the Scots. They were they were sort of kettled by their own tactics. They were in these such tight-packed shilterns that they couldn't escape. They couldn't individually say, okay, let's all move back as one. You're stuck. Your idea was to stay planted to the ground and with with uh, withhold the storm. Yeah, like you said, you're meant to be like a, a massive a turtle, aren't you? Like a hedgehog turtle yeah. type thing, Yeah, which isn't exactly good for m- mobility. And well, you're very tight-knit. So I imagine just, was it almost 10,000 longbowmen? Just yeah. absolutely raining and down, to, holy hell. To make you. it worse, to make it worse, they fired at one shelter at a time for extra devastation. So you'd have all of them firing at one Jesus Christ. That's like um, what I used to do in um, Age of Empires or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, it, is, it is a really... And this is all Edward's plan, like, like uh, mode of attack, because Edward had faced these in Wales and seen how effective they could be, but decided to use them in a different way to the Welsh did. Um, and to use them just in, and also he could afford to have all the arrows he needed and everything else like that um, so they really well arrows, arrows they cost money stated, well arrows the dead cost nothing <laughs> 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 uh, but he, he could just have them stand there and fire until they know they'd have enough arrows yeah, going. I, imagine. Um, I think I mentioned so, before on a different episode but um, I was watching some amateurs uh, on TV and some history channel uh, they were like part of only one i'm sure it was these guys from a, a local welsh archery club and they were yeah. just showing you know how quick you can um fire a welsh longbow so these guys wouldn't have been as quite as doggedly trained as welsh people back then but they could fire eight arrows a minute yeah so imagine that was like 10 yeah. 10, archers firing <laughs> yeah. eight arrows a minute yeah. that's if you're you know you're probably they probably know yeah. as good as what they were back then jesus christ you just yeah. you wouldn't have a breather would you I- and just to say that, like, so I don't think all of them were archers, but the massive majority were. And it's like you said, that to imagine a picture of that for a second, like the sky turns black as these arrows come up. Um, so scary stuff. Well, unable to escape because also even if like one or two tried to run away, um, they then had the cavalry waiting behind them. So they're like I said, in these shelters, the cavalry kind of set up behind them now, and the archers are in front of them. Um, if they run forward, they'd be cut down. They run it really was just a waiting game then, wasn't it? You know, just either war of attrition yeah. on the Shilterns yeah. or if, if um, they break formation, they uh, so, the yeah, cavalry they were unable to escape, unable to protect from this rain of arrows. And it wasn't long until the Scots got pierced to the ground and the Shiltern fell apart, which then left the cavalry at the end to just sweep in and the men at arms run in and finish the job. It was over. Um, so I'll go into the aftermath right now, but yeah, it was a real, real like battering. So now the number of killed generals from the Scottish side wasn't massively high because they escaped on horse quite early, but it was significant in, in destroying a really large Scottish army, battering Scottish morale and uh, dampening ambition. It's weird, isn't it? Also, you know, uh, it seems to be something that repeats in history. Sometimes these rebellions get like a, such a massive morale boost and they get a string of wins, don't they? And then it just all hmm. culminates in maybe overstepping or whatever. You get a bit <laughs> yeah. too Billy Big Bollocks in there yeah. and, then, and then you get clouted. Yeah, I'll talk about uh, maybe getting a bit too big for your boots in a second. Uh, but after this, Wallace gave up his title of Guardian of Scotland. And um, people actually, like people at the time and modern day historians, question if it was actually Andrew Moray, who was the co victor with Wallace at the Battle of Stirling Bridge, was the real military mm. genius. Because he was the one who used the shelters effectively in the previous battle. Ah, right. Um, 
and because he was missing from this, because he, he died in the last battle, he was mostly wounded. So I think he died after. Uh, so he, he was wounded at the time, then died. But he didn't um, have his big old brain at the battle with him. So. <laughs> no. And in the words of someone called Even McLeod Bannon, uh, he said it was Moray who possessed the military genius and military training, while Wallace possessed qualities that make a great guerrilla leader. Baron goes on to say Falkirk should never have been fought at all. It hardly looks as if the brain who conceived the plan of battle at Falkirk was the same at which conceived the plan at Stirling Bridge. Um, uh. So even when Wallace gave up his title, people still had huge love for him due to what he represented. Yeah. Which is actually bad That's news abs- for him. Absolute I mean, salt in the wound for Braveheart as well there. But he just <laughs> yeah, lost the battle and then someone's going, ooh, well, you know, you really shouldn't have done it. All right, mate. Pick a time, yeah. yeah. But people, but the, the 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 people still loved him for, like I said, yeah, they had huge love for him due to what he represented. He was like yeah. uh, a, a bastion of hope against this tirade of the English. Um, but that made him still uh, the main target of Edward. So Edward was determined to hunt him down at all costs due to the fear that this skilled and daring warrior would once again ride the lads for one more battle. Um, Doesn't sound was... like Edward that. He's normally quite a chill guy. <laughs> He's so chill. Just you always let everyone go. He spent so much money trying to find Wallace, and like uh, Wallace continued after this to still be involved in battles, but he went back to guerrilla styles, so they'd be constantly attacking forts, hillside um, castles, and stuff like that. And he did that Just for being what, a general years. pain in the ass, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, seven years after this, only at the age of 35, uh, in August 23rd, 1305, he was captured, um, and he was hung, drawn, and quartered in London. And when levied, when levied with the charge of treason and asked what his defence was, he replied, I cannot be a traitor of Edward, but I was never his subject. Which, in, not bad, in my bad Scottish accent, was, I could not be a traitor to Edward, but I was never his subject. Badass line to go out on. It is a badass line to go out with. That's pretty much it on, on this battle. Um, different to our normal ones, because we're... Yeah, but good, though. It's because I like, I like that we've still got, as Welsh boys... Uh, a little nice bit to take from it in that the the supremacy of the old Welsh archers there, even if it was used for for an evil cause. But there oh, we are. Oh, oh. well, I was going to say this is a tough battle to review because the Welsh were instrumental, well, pretty much the reason they want it. Um, but being Welsh, you often get away with quite a lot. Like you get to act like the victim in England's brutal regime, but often yeah. we've involved in their wars and we've like benefited from it. So like things like. In in Zulu, like that's all about the, the that Welsh battalion who were portrayed as the goodies for for attacking the you know defending that place against the Zulus. But really, is again a colonial element being in someone else's country. Yeah, if you sort of the, the, like the the story is really it's awesome. It's an inspiring little siege film of not just yeah. film, an actual thing that happened in real life. I'm yeah. just thinking in the film, but um, <laughs> but yeah, when if you think about why we were there in the first place, it's a bit like a bit, a bit more. Um, mm. Yeah, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be so happy about this. Um, I did read about why the Welsh actually were there. So this isn't to justify it at all. I'm sure that um, the Welsh and the Scottish weren't as close as they are now. In my eyes, we're all Celts are together. Um, mm. but, so I read that many of the Welsh didn't get paid. Um, so they didn't get their wages, and which were man that were quite normal for medieval armies um, when you weren't from that nation. You were either paying off a debt you were asking forgiveness from the crown. So if you were like a criminal or something, you'd say, hey, I'll chop your hands off of you know, prison or you can fight in the army. Um, or it's a case of personal independence. You were in prison and you're getting released as a soldier. So imagine all those soldiers who got captured during the conquest of Wales. I was just going to say, because it wasn't long after really, was it? It was only no, a few not, years not after. Only a few years. 
so yeah, they were kind of fight. So it, it, like I said, it's not to justify why our lads were there, but it is their chance of freedom as well. So oh, mm. Billy fucking uh, Willie Wallace loves his freedom. That's all the Welsh want, mate. Yeah. Want a bit of freedom. If you, if you love us so much, you'd forgive us, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So we also, well, should we go into our two segments of this show? Um, our only two. Now, That's it. Yeah. yeah. So dick of the day and man of the match. And now I just want to kind of go over this part again. This section is really about what we thought were the instrumental parts of the battle. So rather than us putting out like a certain hero or villain, like a hero being the man of the match or villain, really what we're kind of saying is what were the pivotal parts at the moment? What are two things that will stand out for us? But it's just funny to say dick of the day and man of the match. Do you agree with yeah, that? It's not, uh, yeah, it's not like a singular person or who we think is necessarily mm. uh, the best boy or the biggest dick. It's sort of what was instrumental to the victory, isn't it? And what was the downfall, basically? I don't know if yeah. I explain that as, as, no, that, as that, I want to, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> so my, so you haven't done much research on this. You said so you might not have. I've got mate. I've been typing up a few things while you've been yabbering yeah. on about it. You know? So <laughs> I got, I got a few things, but I'll throw them out. They're probably not going to be that great, but we'll we'll go for it anyway. Um. So my dick of the day were the Scottish knights who just absolutely yeeted out of there on horseback, leaving the lads in the shield trying to get peppered. Yeah, Can that's you how I, scary that would have been. Yeah, that's what I put as well. Because it was, a, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't showing the, the sort of heroic character, strength <laughs> no. of character that the film Braveheart showed, you know. Oh, you'll get, this. you'll see them! Oh, yeah. fuck this. Fuck, this yeah, is getting fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, this is quite hard, actually. <laughs> it's fucking off. Le- <laughs> yeah, really Wallace good, absolutely Wallace. booking it into the fucking yeah. forest behind. But yeah, the, leaving your little arches to hang out to dry. Yeah, not not cool, man. Not cool. Yeah, you're the bastard, Luigi. <laughs> you know, the thing they say to him was, you're not William Wallace. He's seven foot tall and shoots fireballs on his arse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're right. I'm not William Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Morning. Yeah, actually, I think I'll fuck off in this battle. I think, uh, I think you'll leave. I think you'll just go down the shots. Now. Yeah, no hard feelings. You're a wee bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you're a wee prick, you're English bastard. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, that's the pretty, pretty easy one, that, isn't it? He's, that was an yeah. easy one to do, yeah. I would say yeah. maybe the. Um, Although I can't really blame him for this. I was going to say maybe the reliance on the Shiltrons, but then you would think, fucking hell, those were so good this last time. Why not use them yeah. again? We, we've got a fucking yeah. cheat code here. And so, how were they to know that... Um, well, I don't know, actually, how learned people were back then about you know the history of Great Britain. Uh, how were they to know that Edward had already sort of faced Shiltrons in Wales and stuff like that? I don't know. Probably well, I, I, also, I think the fact is it wasn't led by the same man who did them in the first one, so they might not have been well designed. Yeah, like enough. you said, they might, and also, the same. I, I read lots about there was no battle plan. It was like, okay, we're doing this. Like they had the woods behind them. There was no kind of. Uh, it was hope for the best. There was no okay. If this goes wrong, we're going to tidy up. Because they were so massively outnumbered, you'd thought you'd have to have uh, a few contingency plans rather than just stick your just go and be big. Uh, yeah, when you said the. the um, the Scottish cavalry sort of charged the, okay, relatively English, smaller yeah. units of um, the English cavalry mm. for the English army, but were still larger in number than the Scots. That does yeah. seem a bit like, uh, I don't know, overzealous to, to be generous <laughs> yeah. and stupid to be yeah. <laughs> to be harsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it is, it is like I think his uh, military prowess, and also they didn't fight a open war. The Scotch, the Scots didn't fight another. Uh, battle on like open field again for until Robert the Bruce, like eight years later. Mm. Um, they, after this, they went back to guerrilla style 
uh, battles and stuff, and they it really did the them. Yeah, yeah, and they couldn't really raise an army that big again so easily because they got. It wasn't just like sometimes we do these talks or these uh, podcasts, and um, at the end of it, they're like, "Oh, it was two thousand v three thousand, and uh, only a hundred died because the rest get can like taken prisoner or just they give up." This mm. year, they they were just decimated. And that was such a big army as well. It's taken so much effort to have gathered yeah. that amount of Scots yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Um, bad vic- bad so loss man, there. Man of the match. Um, so my man of the match for this, because I, I don't really want to say Edward for his tactics of uh, being rich and cruel. No, um, it's just a I don't want to say the well Step too far uh, in it. I don't think either of us can yeah. ever admit that he was the man. <laughs> no, and I don't want to say the Welsh archers because it just was just too sad. So oh, they get, they get the, the bloody... Thing. Top trophy in almost every bloody yeah. podcast we do, don't we? It's so hard to <laughs> yeah. avoid them. Yeah. So mine here are the boffins who wrote it down so well because there's ah, I found so much interesting, nice. detailed, factual stuff about this because maybe it's because it's one where the English win and they had all the resources to write down properly. But, That's true. Uh, yeah. Also, Scotland was so much further developed than Wales in the sense of having like a centralised government. Like it, when we do this with Wales stuff, like we'll put it in the next episode, we'll cover it. But like, there aren't even a central government in like uh, De Haber for Powys, whatever. They have. It, f- it feels like we're still a couple hundred years behind. Yeah, have, like an assembly so and divided, didn't we, into different yeah uh, 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 factions almost, and also they'd all be like trying to do power plays on each other. Some side yeah. of the English in certain battles, and then they but also they, always betraying each other. No one wrote it down, like with with because they had actual admin in Scotland and Edinburgh and places. They had the proper government set up. They had the nerds to write shit down. With Wales, yeah. we were too like drunk or beaten up or fighting. We were too, um, to get we were too hard and sexy and cool. When we didn't have any <laughs> we were too hard and sexy and cool to write shit down. But yeah. uh, a thousand years later, it's quite good to have things written down so you can actually yeah, review it on a podcast. Yeah, well, that's what they should have been thinking about, you know, instead of thinking about them, <laughs> the selfish selves. <laughs> guys, think- I may die today on this battlefield, but <laughs> God, I hope two lads in a thousand will- <laughs> years carry on our tradition. I'll live on in Tales for Wales, don't you? I'll live on in a podcast downloaded by no one, produced <laughs> yeah. by nobody, for, yeah. <laughs> for no one. With, with absolutely that's no production value. <laughs> No, occasionally one of the lads has a uh, soundboard which he plays intermittently, but he doesn't know how to use it in every episode. <laughs> he can't remember how to get it back up between episodes, <laughs> no, but there we right are. There, yeah. Lad. <laughs> yeah, I love um, that. So I'll be, I'll be honest now, for my man of the match, I haven't really got much. I put, these are my notes, archers, eight hours a minute, children's. Yeah. That's Shout it. Friends. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I haven't really got yeah. much to go on there. So I'll just agree that yours is probably the better one to go for. I like that well, the boffins had noted things down because often a problem we face on this podcast is there's not enough no padding info. to like tell yeah. the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, this yeah, is also appreciate our first first one in a while, and we are both pretty rough on the weekend. So not doing a homework for once is okay, I reckon. Yeah, we'll, we'll go down the classic route. If you yeah. don't like it, then just fucking do one. Show it up your ass. Well, actually, we're only at the 45 minute mark. So oh, that's actually a full episode. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, that's a full episode. Well, with editing down, just showing how much we edit out, we'll probably be half hour. Yeah. No, it won't be that bad. But anyway, um, that's that's us for this one. Should we, should we wrap that up on the head? Yeah, I think so. If um, yeah. if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter, we're at Tales for Wales. That's Tales the number four Wales. Um, 
And yeah, tell us what you, you want to hear, not that we'll listen to you, because we're our own fucking people. We yeah. don't get told what we're to do. We're people, tough. and we don't need some nerds who listen to a nerd podcast. Yeah. Tell us what to do, you fucking If you're the uh, descendant of a fucking scribe from the 14th century, <laughs> fucking yeah, do it. down. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck right off. <laughs> no, we really appreciate you all. Yeah, we Thank actually you. do. Yeah, please. Our life yeah. would be nothing without you, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's... Yeah. We've never had a finish. Um, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for your moment and see you later. Bye. Thank you for your moment. Bye, bye, see you bye. later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.